Hey, you're listening to the very first episode of the Comedy Here Often podcast. I'm your host, Kevy. On this episode, we have Jonathan Simpkin, Erica Sigurdsson, and Kevin Banner. We talk about the Just for Laughs serious debacle. So enjoy. Bye. Hey, welcome to the very first Comedy Here Often podcast. I'm Kevy. I produce a lot of comedy records. I do A&R for Comedy Here Often. This is Jonathan Simpkin. He's the president of Six Pro Records and Comedy Here Often. That's a right CEO. What does A&R stand for? Do you even know? No, I don't. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Luckily, I'm it's, sitting right next to you. Let yeah. me bail you out on that Please one. do. A&R stands for Artist and Repertoire. And the reason uh, that phrase uh, is there is because in the old days of the music business, like in the 40s and 50s, um, the job of the A&R guy was not just to sign bands, it was also to find material, because that was back when it was rare that artists wrote their own material. Oh, so okay. you sign an artist, then you work with a bunch of writers to get the material. Okay, well, off to a bad start for me. <laughs> uh, that's actually interesting. Over there we have Erica Sigurdsson. Uh, she's a veteran stand-up comedian. She helps a lot of newer comedians kind of with the business side of, of their repertoire. And then that's Kevin Banner. He's the first comedian signed to 604 Records and Comedy here often. He helps no one. I help no one. <laughs> he helps himself. I don't even, no, I don't even help myself. He broke our comedy cherry. I did. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah. I remember the conversation you and I had because I just saw him open for Bill Burr. And then I was right. I was talking about and how I said, wanted to do Did it. Sophie still say no? Let's get Banner. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, yeah. <laughs> That's not true. That's not how that went down. I think he played me a bunch of your stuff. And yeah, I, I did. Because, I mean, he... Kevy had been producing all these comedians, and, and we used to sit in this very room, and mm -hmm. he would play me stuff. And I remember I used to say, like, so what's going to happen with this record? And he, you'd be like, well, probably nothing. <laughs> I'd be like, what do you mean? And he said, well, I was like, what do they do? With, what do the comedians do? And he said, well, they, sometimes they make CDs. They usually just put it up on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Give one to our mom. It's true, right. <laughs> but I didn't even know that the big pull for a lot of comedians making a record was sound exchange, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about here, which is a lot of what you help newer comedians with, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so that that I mean, this the last couple of weeks that's been everybody now knows about sound exchange seems like in the comedy world. So I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Well, how do you want to start? Should we talk about what happened over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. Did you want to kind of explain it, Erica? Sure. Um, I've lost all concept of date and time. So I think it was last, um, the Friday before the one that just passed. Mm -hmm. um, I got a call from a comic in Toronto saying our sound exchange residuals are gone. And that Just for Laughs was taking over Canada Laughs effective um it was pretty much already effective because they had stopped playing our tracks and she said uh sandra Benalini from the canadian association of stand-up comics is putting together statements um, from comics about how much this will affect them and she said they need it right away can you make can you just write something out now i was in a mall in regina so you can imagine how little time i had on my hands so i sent my statement right away and then left it at that until the next morning when I started getting more phone calls, emails back from Sandra and other comics. And basically, Canada Laughs, which was a serious, is, well, I guess it was a serious um, radio station that played 100% Canadian comedians, the majority of them self-produced or mm -hmm. produced by record companies, mm -hmm. and uh, provided a lot of residual income for comics because for once in our lives, we 
got paid uh, <laughs> reasonably and even well for um, work that we had done. Right. And then uh, every three months you'd get these checks and that was going to go away because Just for Laughs was going to play 80% their catalogs, which was galas. Now if you factor... You know, over the last 30 years, mm-hmm. eight galas a year, seven minutes per gala, break that up into how many jokes that is. Like, where are you going to be played in this rotation? Yeah. Um, so it was not only the income, but the exposure to other markets across Canada that was also going away. So right. it was basically major panic in yeah. the comedy world. You were on tour also during that, right? Weren't you on the, the Comedy Here Often tour that just happened? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we were sitting on the ferry, actually. <laughs> yeah. Going I, to Victoria when I said, uh, I got some news for you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that was the closest I've ever come to jumping off the ferry. I was, uh, I, I spun out because that's, that is, that's how we make, uh, that's how we make our money out like here. A true banner of uh, fashion. He was funny about it. He, wow. uh, also, I was very stabby. I, w- I, f- I I'm glad that I only had a fork from my ravioli because somebody right. might have got lit up. It was I, it, it was terrifying. It was like a, a, a f- one of the things that uh, in the wake of this that a lot of people have said, I'm glad no one killed themselves over this. <laughs> yeah. That was a very realistic possibility because people woke up on a whatever it was a Thursday Friday and we found out oh you might not be able to make your rent next month and that was it was as though um, you know an entire industry had been laid off and also you know we're not known for our planning ahead comedians so yeah comedians so people were uh, people were rightly uh, uh, terrified you know I maybe maybe I'll just say something about what what sound exchange is because I know there might be some people listening who aren't yeah like familiar with it so Sound Exchange is a American, um, I guess you'd call it a uh, organization that um, collects and distributes uh, public performance money from the public performance of master recordings, uh, and their domain is internet uh, performances mm-hmm. and satellite performances. So that's why when Sirius plays music, comedy, what have you, they have to pay public performance royalties to Sound Exchange, who then pay. The artist. The artist. Right. Uh, in the case of comedy, it's split up into uh, the label share and the performer share. Now, for um, comedians who make their own records, they are both the label and the performer, so they get 100% of that. Mm-hmm. For for comedians signed to labels like 604 or Comedy Records, the um, performer would get 100% of the performer share, and the label would get 100% of the label share. So just to give you an idea of like the basic idea of what sound exchange is. Right. And and it's actually been a great sort of like jumping off point for a lot of newer comics to get that exposure. And I think that's half of what the panic was, I guess, too, is because everyone had been relying on it for for money and also for exposure. And it's it's kind of like something that comics strive for. They heard about it, you know, you you help uh, different comedians sort of sign up for it. And so it was just kind of part of what could be what could come from making a record. Mm-hmm. So I panicked because I make lots of records and I was like, who's going to want to make a record if you can't make any sound exchange yeah. from it? And I panicked because I suddenly went, well, geez, the business model just went down the toilet. Yeah. You know, are we going to be able to afford to make comedy records if we can't count on that? And, and just to be clear, not every record we made was getting played on Sirius, yeah. but enough of them were to pay for the ones that weren't. Yeah. And, um, it was a nightmare. I mean, it was really a scary thing. Yeah. And I think part of the reason the reaction, 
I mean, it's almost like it's, there's been like a Me Too moment in the Canadian comedy community because I think it brought up so many other feelings of disrespect and not and being taken for granted and mm. you know it was the flashpoint but it really i don't think we're gonna ever go back to the way it was before well the, once you're so close to losing all of that right. everybody suddenly is like looking at it all yeah. in a very different light well that's what's interesting though is that i mean the format of the radio station has gone back to the way it was right it has a new title though right it's it's called just for laughs radio now is yeah. it but for how long, really? Well, it's called Just for Laughs Radio, and there's no Just for Laughs content, so <laughs> I don't... Yeah, it's interesting. But the, the the programming has gone back to the way it was before that, right? Like Yeah, and I believe... Uh, so Ben Miner, who was really a godsend to the Canadian comedy yeah, totally. industry, yes. because Agreed. he like he has... Um, him and Paul have been programming Canada Laughs, mm. and, you know, they're... They do the serious top comic and all of these opportunities that have been such a godsend to so many Canadian comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was he, even if it was going to be the way Just for Laughs wanted it, mm-hmm. he was still going to be programming that 20%, I think. No, Don't, JFL no. was. JFL was. Okay. Oh. That was part of the big concern was right. that it wasn't, it was essentially going to be a hundred. I mean, I should be careful here. That's my understanding. Right. That's what I heard. That's what I was told from pretty good sources. Okay. 80% would be JFL-owned content. 20% would be non-JFL-owned content, but curated by right. JFL. Mm. And that's, I think, made everybody feel even more vulnerable about well, things. For those of us who have never been booked at Just for Laughs, why would they Why would they want to put me on there? Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that uh, this has gone back to the way it is, especially like a comic like myself. I have no interest in living in Los Angeles or New York. I want to live in Vancouver. This is where my life is. And this sound exchange money makes it possible for me to uh, make good money in comedy and not have to live out of a suitcase or start all over again in, a, in an American town after spending, you know, five to 15 grand to get a visa. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing that's interesting that. Canadian like we have such like I'm the same as Kevin I've I've been my whole career in Vancouver people are like why didn't you move to Toronto or why don't like I don't want to this is my home like and it's it's a weird thing people like what are you doing and I'm like I've stayed in Vancouver I've built a you know fairly successful career totally successful um totally successful career and that's what I want to do but it's Mm. But it's almost like unless you, you know, you could move to L.A. and come back and headline the same club and they'll call you. They'll bill you now as from L.A. And it's like, (laughs) oh, yeah. And it's like, do you not understand that Canada has we have amazing comedians up here? Yeah. And Kyle Bottom, too. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't listening. I just threw Kyle <laughs> under the bus. But uh... um, <laughs> I just realized what you did there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting, though, when I found out on Friday night. So I was um, doing the Snowden comedy tour and we were, we were all talking about it because it affected all of mm-hmm. us. And I had this very like, well, this is a sign that, you know, we have to diversify. And like, what am I going to do? And I was like. Maybe I'll buy a satellite. I have no idea how satellite radio works. I was like, maybe we have to start a new channel. And I was very positive about, okay, you got to roll with the punches. And then I woke up on Saturday morning and I was so mad. Like, it was weird because I went to bed all positive. Like, we could do it. And then I just woke up and I was like, I am so 
angry yeah. at how this was done without warning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of me wants to think that people just didn't realize how much it affected Canadian yeah, Canadians. That's totally. the silver lining in my little heart where I want to say they didn't realize how much it meant and that's why they gave it back to us. Right. And I will just hold on to that like a little teddy bear. But <laughs> and that's a much better person than yeah. I am because I think they knew that they were fucking us and they didn't care. Mm. But Yeah. But it is nice to have those checks coming back, huh? Well, I you know, there's what they did and how they did it. it that that's the thing. That's is that... kind of the rub is that it just felt so surreptitious and like a silent coup had happened, and yeah. and nobody. Next thing you know, you're like, I remember when I when it really struck me was it's not really funny, but it's kind of funny. I was uh, driving to the ferry, and I have Sirius in my car, and I put on 168. Ah, Phyllis Diller from uh, <laughs> 1993. <laughs> interesting yeah <laughs> it's like, and you know i like phyllis diller but yeah. holy shit I, I go to 168 to hear new independent canadian yeah. comedy yeah. Mm-hmm. and i was like what is going on well, um content wise too like a lot of the stuff that they were playing was topical comedy from the time so like you yeah fire up the one Lewinsky jokes yeah you hear yeah. Lewinsky jokes <laughs> or like references to pam anderson and it's yeah. like what she's still she's this? still alive. Yeah, she's Pam. still relevant. But nobody cares. I guess. Yeah, no, but, but Aww. Is she, yeah. hometown girl. BC girl. We love you. We love you, Pamela Anderson. <laughs> okay, I take it. But back, it just yeah, yeah, yeah I, it's it, it was one of those things where it was like the last straw. Where it's like, because yeah, we are, uh, you know, slightly less respected than a circus clown. Uh, and then for them to just come in and be like, yeah, oh well, here's mm-hmm. how it is. Here's the way it is. It was no. There was no... But nobody uh, even said that. That's there, the, it, it was just, just happened. It just was it. <laughs> yeah. Here's the way it is. Yeah, it's like suddenly you were seeing all these just for last yeah. galas. And, and you have to think, too, that some of those comedians, like, we are in a different time culturally, like, what, yeah. what, 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 you know, things that I'm sure we all would have said things in the year 1999 that now we're like, oh, I'm a more educated, better yeah, person, yeah. and I'm, you know, yeah. and by playing... I would think that if I had 20-year-old bits, I wouldn't be like, oh, good, that old gem <laughs> yeah. is circulating, like the stuff yeah. that I first wrote. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Ron James, um, yeah. I thought was amazing, his reaction, because they were, when that brief five days when the switchover happened, they were playing old Ron James. Yeah, yeah and I tweeted and at him. him in the, like, the news station doesn't really play him, I don't think. I've right. never heard him on 168 before that happened. And I, what a mensch. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know the man, um, but... For him to come out that way when it was really against his financial interests to say that, I thought, wow, what mm. a what a great human being to kind of go, look, this is bad for comedy. Yeah. This is bad for Canadian comedy. Yeah. And I don't want my old, my 20-year-old, you know, oh. bits being played anymore. And the other thing uh, uh, comedian from Toronto, Shanti Maristika, pointed out is that the further you go back on these galas to, the less diverse they are. Like and the, the you know the the voices tend to be from that's a good you know, point middle aged uh, middle aged honkies mm. and uh, you know that's kind of not the way that we're going comedically now it's yeah anyway so maybe let's move to sort of what happened after it sort of became clear because there wasn't really an announcement it was a very underground almost sort of thing where everybody's like. Oh, you know, I think everybody sort of concluded within 48 hours, okay, we understand what's happening. Uh, you know, I'm relatively new to the comedy business, so I'm curious to hear mo- from you two. Like, um, were you surprised at how the community pulled together? 
No, because of how much money was on the line. Yeah. Right. If it was anything else, the mm. the difference between any time comedians have tried to band together is you're talking about few like if you say, you know, we're all walking off stage across the country at 5 p.m. to protest whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that's their paycheck, not only tonight, mm-hmm. but it's also six months worth of work that they have booked. Right. But what they were taking away from us was money that we were already kind of counting on. You know what I yeah, mean? Like absolutely. they were taking away. They had already taken something from us. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember we were driving to Saskatoon and I was texting with about six or seven other comics. Not while driving, though. No, no, no. I was, I was in the back seat. <laughs> um, I was just going to. Anyways, I'll just keep going. Um, so I was texting and saying, like, what are we going to do? We have to do something yeah. about this. And then um, I have like Canva on my phone and I made up that little black banner yeah. that said, you know. JFL and Sirius XM are taking money out of everyone's using that. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was kind of funny because I was in the back seat and uh, like I sent it like I sent it to you, I sent it to like a whole bunch of people and I was like, "Okay, are we doing this?" Yeah. Like are we going to are we doing it? And everybody was like, "Yes." And then I did it and then I was like no one else. Hello? <laughs> yeah. And then everybody and then you know, it's I like saw, it going I out saw there. It a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was everywhere. Um, but like social media had such a huge impact on this the way um you know we didn't just reach out to just for laughs we reached out to bell Mm -hmm. we reached out to howie mandel we reached out to a lot of people and they listened i can't i've never seen that happen i've never seen that work before (laughs) and so quickly yeah yeah it was amazing to me that was the shocking part was just how quickly how many days was it from the point when everybody knew what had happened to the Friday point. to Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, wow. That's incredible. And, and Friday was really only a few people knew. It really didn't break in the community till right. midday Saturday. And, yeah. and I was by Wednesday so stressed out and overwhelmed mm-hmm. and, not, and not even about, like the money thing was important. I mean, I'm, I make a lot of money off Sirius, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I also, if it went away, I would be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be out on the street. But um, it was just the media interview, like on the phone with people. And I remember like I had, I wanted to throw my phone off the balcony because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm just glued to it constantly. Yeah. You're just updates, yeah. update. And I was so stressed out. And so I texted, um, my husband i was like i'm turning my phone off for an hour i need to like mm. just relax and, and so i get in the shower and i'm like just like trying to walk i'm thinking of like well what can we do next what's our strategy and i get out of the shower and of course i go right to my phone i'm like <laughs> yeah. i didn't turn it off i just yeah. put it down yeah, yeah. i go right to my f- and it's just like ping 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 and it's like Goodness. and i'm like oh my god you so know standing yeah. there like yeah. and it's literally like you just like burst out crying like yeah. you're just like oh my god we did it i cannot believe we did it it's amazing. yeah it was shocking wasn't it i think we all i remember talking to you sort of right after they yeah. made the announcement and we're both just kind of like what the hell what the hell just happened yeah like, there's also about a 15 minute period where we weren't 100 percent sure it was legitimate yeah where it was like if this is a prank someone's gonna well, die the release was worded strangely and they had the wrong date so yeah, that was another thing where people are like, like yeah, hold year. on pump and the, the brakes thing they said about um I can't remember how they phrased it, but there was one sentence independent of JFL, like the way they phrased it. And mm. I remember 
I was in my office with a few people and we were all kind of like forensically kind of analyzing <laughs> the sentence. Well, could it mean this? Could it mean that? It was it was strange. Um, but I also wanted to say, like, as far as the serious, as far as the Canada laughs thing, you know, we've only we being 604 comedy here often has only been in this game for a few years. And one of the first things I did when we made the decision to do comedy was get a hold of Ben Minor. Because everybody said, oh, you got to talk to Ben, got to talk to Ben. So I flew to Toronto and had a meeting with him. And, you know, he was so welcoming mm-hmm. and so excited that, you know, like, really, you're going to spend money on comedy? And, like, <laughs> really, you're going to support comedy? Yeah. And he's been so supportive. And not, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is Canada Laughs was more, is more than just a radio station. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's the money. And, yes, there's the exposure. And those are huge for up and coming, you know, comedians, huge. Mm-hmm. But it also was more than that in a way. You know, it's sort of an infrastructure and it was kind of um something to aim for and something to to rally around and something to build around, especially with their top comic contests and everything. It really was sort of the hub of that community. Yeah. And so for me it wasn't even just, oh God, financially this is horrible and how are we going to get exposure for some of the it was like what now? Mm-hmm. It's like somebody had dropped a nuclear bomb, and it's like you're just sitting in the wasteland, going, "Yeah, where, where do we go from here?" Yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine the stress that Ben was under too, because yeah, yeah. Uh, like the night that it was announced, I was seeing pictures on Facebook of everybody who went, I think, to the comedy bar in Toronto, right. and that's one thing about it happening so early in Vancouver. Like I'm like, it's four thirty-five. <laughs> like I'm like, well. It, feels hey everybody want to get drunk right now but um yeah that like that just must have been such a relief there were some people that didn't perform at a jfl event too right edmonton yes the edmonton uh comedians canceled the jfl showcase right so they all stood together and and said yeah and they just ended up doing a show just to do a show like it wasn't had nothing to do with the showcasing for montreal well it was interesting wasn't it? i mean the pressure was building on so many different fronts for them and i mean you know, I mean, how many press stories suddenly came out? Like, boom! Yeah. Like within mm-hmm. forty-eight hours, the Globe and Mail had done a story, and uh, City TV had done a story, and um, Vice the Montreal and... Gazette had done a story, and yeah. Vice had done a story, and mm-hmm. and then when Howie Mandel tried to make it better and made it worse, so much worse. Well, let's explain what he did. So he did. Was it like well, a live he, stream? He Facebook? tweeted out that he said that a lot of Canadian comedians are uninformed about what's going on. I'm going to set things straight. And then he went on uh, Facebook Live and he. Uh, confirmed literally every fear that we had. It was literally he, he like it was it was yes that's exactly what we thought was happening Howie yeah. and you can say it's better for us in the long run yeah. it's not because uh, uh, taking away our money and then saying oh yeah but but when you do get a couple of plays a month it'll be next to uh, a Jeff Foxworthy bit and people will probably still be listening after the Jeff Foxworthy bit and and just it was it was very it was really shitty for an ex-comedian from Canada. Yeah. And I didn't say ex-Canadian comedian, ex-comedian from Canada. Right. To do that to us. Yeah. He, it was a, a, a very condescending, and he, at the end of his video, he affected a Canadian accent and looked in the camera and said, sorry. Where it was like, that was just a, a, a spit in our face after, uh, after this, yeah. Oh, boy, I bet he didn't expect what he got from that. I mean, I we could debate it, I guess, but I mean... A little bit I felt bad for him just because my sense of it when I watched was that 
he wasn't fully informed. I mean, he didn't even know the name of the channel. Yeah. And I almost was like, I wonder if JFL just kind of said, hey, can you go on and just kind of smooth it over? And maybe he didn't realize what he was stepping. I mean, he he clearly didn't realize what he was stepping into. And I think all of a sudden his career was suddenly a little bit hanging in the balance. Yeah. I I saw some big comedians slamming him. Yeah. It It also never looks good if you're going to go explain to people why it's better that they don't make money when you're spinning in the grand foyer of your mansion yeah. and just pass by some what I assume is art worth more money than I will make in possibly the rest of my life. And like, just, I'm just going to swing by my grand piano and yeah. like, and, and I do think he probably legitimately, like they were like, we're going to do just for laughs radio. And like, it perhaps was never explained to him that, Oh, and by doing this, we will be, ceasing all of these Canadian comedians plays and they will lose out on X amount of money. Yeah. And I do kind of think that, but you are still the figurehead of just for laughs. That is your responsibility. And is there branding that he's the face of it because he was a comic and everyone else. He owns a piece of it it too. And then so like a week before this happened, he was in Vancouver as part of the just for laughs Northwest festival. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, he made a speech at this event. He was like, "This, there's some big changes coming that are going to be great for Canadian comedians. Mm-hmm. And a week mm-hmm. later, we see what the changes are. And it was literally the worst thing that ever happened to him. And if it, if <laughs> it hadn't, true. if it hadn't, like, if it hadn't come back around, it literally, it would have been, remained forever, the worst thing that ever happened to Canadian comedians yeah. since yeah. Kyle Bottom started doing stand-up well, comedy. I do I want to pepper in a joke every once in a while. About, I don't want to talk about I love him. you, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, it's funny because I guess when he was in town, he also recorded some um, promo clips for the Vancouver Canucks because at the last couple of home games, at a certain point in the game, all of a sudden, it's Howie Mandel's face on the, on the big screen yeah. doing this thing about... Let's make some noise. And just as a gut reaction last night, I booed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, his, there's his face. I boo, and everybody's looking at me like, how could you have a problem with Howie Mandel? And like, that uh, guy but... hates Bobby's world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that's funny. But, I mean, he's making these decisions about your careers. He did have that glove on his head bit, so we should probably listen to him. Yeah. yeah. I actually didn't even know he was Canadian. <laughs> And I didn't, I, I didn't know he owned part of JFL. Is it other comics also who own JFL? No, I think he was... It's ICM and ICM him, right? ICM and... And... Bell Media? Bell Media. Bell Media is the majority owner, I believe. Yeah. I think CBC owns, like, 1% or something. I remember looking on, like... the And this is from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. Right. But... Um, it was, yeah, it was like Bell Media, ICM, and, and then CBC was like 1%. Right. I was like, well, they're not worth really going after in this. <laughs> they don't really have any responsibility here. Right. Oh, boy. Well, I was I met Howie Mandel backstage at AGT when Carly Ray Jepsen performed on it. Okay. So that's got to be seven years ago. And, you know, sat with him. He was very pleasant. I mean, which doesn't mean he's... Yeah. I mean, people can be pleasant. That doesn't mean they're <laughs> actually nice, but... You know, I didn't get any like shitty vibe from the guy at all. I that's why I have a funny feeling. He doesn't know. You know, he just probably wasn't fully informed about. Right. Because you'd have to be a moron. Yeah. To walk into that like that, and I don't think he's a moron. No. But I don't know. Pretty pretty interesting. 
Yeah, he's probably not the one making the business decisions. Like that's why I was asking if he's the face of it because he's actually a comedian. As well, like to the other guys when um, Rosen, right? That's how you pronounce the guy's name that stepped down, the head of Just for oh, Laughs. Gilbert. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then so when. ICM, whoever stepped in to kind of save just, it was all Howie Mandel in the press and oh, okay. stuff. So I don't know that he's officially the face of it, okay. but it's certainly they're using, you know, Canadian comedian comes home, does good, mm-hmm. saves just for laughs. And right. then. Yeah. And whatever you want to say. Follow up story. Not, like, he certainly doesn't have a menacing sort of, you know, he's like a smiley happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Yeah, like, yeah. A, a like a Cosby type, right. Ouch. I kid, of course. Uh, I just, I wonder who's still watching, and I hope that they got some chuckles at some points. Uh, The thing that I thought was great was just how that we all, like, comedians of every level of stature in Canada, Uh except for one, came together, and uh, we're all, like, people who... Uh, we're on the Howie Mandel. Uh, uh, Deanne Smith was on the Howie Mandel and Friends show a week before, and she tweeted a picture of the two of them together to get his attention and said, listen, here's what's going on, and this isn't cool. And you know, Yeah. Well, uh, I got to think at a certain point, he must have been, like, he probably went back to Just for Laughs and said, look, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you got to make this right. Yeah. I mean, 20, uh, 1,200 Canadian people are, are uh, telling me they wish I got sneezed on on Twitter right now. Yeah. Can we do something about this? Yeah. Well, you have to imagine, too, he's the face of Bell Media's um, Let's Talk campaign. Right. Oh. Now, and I had tweeted at Bell this extensively about what the effect of losing um, essentially half or even more for some comics, <clears throat> their livelihood was going to have on their mental health. And yeah. it would have, you know, and as much as you say, like, good thing no one killed them. Like, it is devastating for anyone when they lose their livelihood, you know, not just yeah. comics, anyone, uh, when you go into work and they're like, you no longer yeah. have a job. and Without warning. Um, without warning and, you know, with, the, without warning was a, big thing too because yeah, i mean to... if they had said i you know i do wonder if they had said like in six months this is happening would would there have been such a quick call to action maybe maybe not but um just already looking on and it's so on dog star radio you can go see all the plays now two weeks ago i went Apparently the site is down, but I thought it was a weird coincidence that mm-hmm. it happened because I became semi obsessive <laughs> yeah. with checking like just, you know, just once a I week or time, yeah. whenever, you know, a couple times a day, just like pop in and then, you know, you go and you're like, oh, good. Last week I got this many plays. And yeah. then I put my name in and it was like zero. And zero. I was like. January 23rd was the last day they started putting them up and and people noticed that. And then uh, some folks were tweeting to Howie saying, January 23rd. And I was like, hold on, I think the site might be down. Yeah, I tweeted something. We don't want to go after (laughs) with the wrong info. Who runs that site? I always find that site mysterious. Um, I don't know, but they do have a donation button, which I had never taken advantage of. And maybe I should have because... It's a very um, glitchy sort of site. but um, It's called Dog Star Radio. Dog Star Star Radio. Radio. You literally can punch in a comic or a song or a musician and it'll say which stations played it, how many times, blah, blah, blah. It's great. I mean, when when it's working, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Dog Star is Keanu Reeves' band. Right, that's true. How serious is the Dog Star? Oh... 
Kevy, 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 how much do we have to educate you in this so podcast? Stu- it's tough being AR? So stupid. Can all we, the time. can we, yeah. Eric, I need your help. <laughs> you know, help another you. thing I found interesting, and I was finding this more from the American comedians who were chiming in, which was really amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, my God, mm-hmm. what interest do they have in this other than just trying to be supportive? Which, yeah. but the one thing I thought was interesting was that a lot of people were mischaracterizing it as CanCon versus non CanCon. Which, to my mind, was never the issue at all. No. Because a lot of that JFL stuff, the old stuff, is CanCon. It was really more about the corporatization of comedy in Canada. Mm-hmm. And sort of like, who has the right to be on that station? Is it corporate interests or is it independent comics? And how are we going to develop independent comics if that station is gone? Yeah. yeah. So, interesting. Like, I don't know how it turned into CanCon versus non-CanCon, but certainly yeah. in my mind... That was never, ever, ever the issue. No. And then people arguing, well, because it was recorded in Canada by Canadian recording engineers. It's like, no, fuck, fuck off with that. It's a comedy channel. It's not a, uh, a channel to showcase our great recording engineers, you know, mm-hmm. of which we have many. I don't, yes. I'm not trying to get on the bad side of the recording. Um, yeah. Well, and, they can be. Yeah. Another, <laughs> Kevin's just muted for the rest yeah. of the thing. Um, <laughs> probably for the best. And another thing that, uh, I think needs to be brought up is that Canadian comics have a very distinct voice. Like look at all of the great comics that, that we have exported some of, you know, and the comics that have stayed in Canada, Mm -hmm. um, Kyle bottom. Oh, (laughs) Hmm? look what I did there. Um, I love you, Kyle. That's, it's all him. So (laughs) I, uh, that we also, the Canadian public, we hadn't quite rallied them onto our side, but I was going to start. Yeah. You know, they also, you don't want to just hear American yeah. comics. There's six other channels that you can hear that. Yeah, totally. You want to hear the voices from your own country, from mm-hmm. things that, you know, like Canadians reference that you also know about. And that are current. Yeah. And that are current. Yeah. This yeah. country is great stand-up comedy. I, like, I, I'm in Los Angeles a lot, and I'll go see friends of of ours on on LA bills and they wipe the floor with them a lot. Mm-hmm. It's it, like the the talent in this country is incredible and a lot of American Canadians do know that. And so it should it should have its own station mm-hmm. voice. Well, I, I, maybe we can seg just into sort of the post. So that happens, now the station's back. Are you feeling safe? No. I I don't I not to be cynical, but that's me. Uh, is that I don't I I'm I'm concerned. I'm not I don't I'm not like uneasy about it, but I am concerned for the future. Is that they came for the money once? What's going to stop them from coming again? Uh, just with a better PR plan around it to to make it look like they're not oh, doing it's something called, so. They've already got the name. So. Villainous, but um, I wonder why they didn't just take a different channel. That well, I mean, yeah, that's that's. I mean, another. I don't understand the ins and outs of that. There might be regulatory issues. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, but it's funny, right? I mean. Totally. Don't they have unlimited numbers of channels? That's like, what I thought. Like this, what they changed this into could have been like JFL Classics or something, and yeah. then they could have left Canada Laughs as it was. Yeah. You know, and everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. might just have been an easy, like, oh, this is easier. Yeah, I never <laughs> got to the point. Yeah, you're wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, it was not easier. You know, I know for me, and again, I'm I'm a neophyte in in this, but um, you know, I I, I know for 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 me. Uh, the, probably the big lesson I mean to me this was just one big cautionary tale and the one thing it definitely made me think was 
you know, if the infrastructure of the Canadian comedy scene, the independent scene, is so fragile that one station making a programming change can bring it all down, boy, that tells me that people need to figure out another way to find ways to expose and monetize recorded comedy content. Because if it's all about one station, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how fragile that all yeah. was. One decision made by a couple of people in a corporate office and we're worried about people killing themselves. Yeah. 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 I mean, wow. And that, you know, that's why, and I'm not going to make this a commercial for a comedy here often, but you know, that's why as a small step and it's a small step, you know, we decided to open up the comedy here often channel to third party content because I think everybody's kind of got an obligation now to sort of help each other find alternative ways to, to help each other and expose you know, find a place where you can get exposure and get paid. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's the answer. We're one YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, anybody have any thoughts about other ways this can can go? I took all the serious money that I had um, when this announcement came back and bought Scratch and Wins. <laughs> and now that I think about it, it wasn't the smartest idea. But, no, it was a real, you know, I... I was talking to my good friend Jennifer Grant, um, and we talk about our, you know, we always call each other when our serious numbers come out. How much was your check? How much yeah, was your yeah. check? We're very good friends. And so I was like, this is literally such a godsend that if one day someone said it's going away, I'd be like, oh, of course. It was ridiculous that it happened in the first place. And, but then when it happened, like, it going away and into someone else's pocket, I was like, oh, no, 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 not so fast. I (laughs) actually guess I do care. Um, But I think it was a really good kind of lesson for every comic to, Mm -hmm. you know, to look at different, you know, you have to diversify in this business. And I think more and more comics are getting into self-producing shows and doing things like that. And, you know. As I often talk to comics about taxes and financial, put some away for the future, everybody. Put some away for a rainy day. It's <laughs> good advice. Yeah. A little bit better than the scratch and win advice. Ah, it's yeah, yeah. Rain, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> God. Questions? I don't understand. Do people how send that in questions? I don't understand how it works either. I think people can ask questions. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh. Yes, I'm really that good looking. Oh, okay. Oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I uh, I don't understand this, so fuck it. Okay, um, what do you think, Banner, uh, about sort of the, the future of this stuff? Like, it just seems like, like he said, if it, the rug was pulled once, it could happen again. Like you were saying, yeah. Like, I guess it's just there's such great talent in this country, and it's kind of under unappreciated in some ways in other parts of the world. That uh, I would like to see more content coming out of this area. And, yeah. You know, I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm a I'm a dummy from the woods, so uh, I was thrilled to be making this money this way. But mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is. I'm uh, I'll support whoever is smart enough to come up with some answers, though. It's <laughs> gesturing at Erica. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Uh, this was a, it was a wake up call though that mm-hmm. there is more that we need to be doing. It's just a, a matter of uh, mm-hmm. what and and who leads the charge. Probably Kyle Bottom, I think. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Well, sure. If nothing else, it seems like it's really um, woken up the whole community. And, yeah. and boy, there's a lot of, and I'm happy about this. 
post all of this happening, like in the last five days, lots of emails from all sorts of people across mm-hmm. the country. Yeah. Sort of saying, what do we do? What do we do? So mm-hmm. at least that's the right question to ask. Yeah. What now? Where do we go? How do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Yeah. This How woke up a lot of people. Yes. And it made people start looking at other things <clears throat> in the way that we've just accepted as this is a part of the game where it's like, well, does it have to be? Yeah. Just because it's always been that way doesn't mean it has to stay that way. So totally be interesting to see what happens in the next uh, in the next little bit here. I think we should um, mention the Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comics, uh-huh. um, who are working in out of Toronto, who mm-hmm. are you know lobbying and trying to work towards uh, different goals and getting us recognized as an art for grant money. And so, if anyone out there who's a comedian joins and yeah. can can uh, commit to contributing five dollars a yeah. month or Right. You know, whatever. So they can continue that work because I think some of them, you know, to to get the lobbyists to go into parliament mm-hmm. went into their own pockets to fund that. Oh, so well. that's one thing I feel like there should be a change with is SOCAN. I feel like I feel like comedians should be able to register their bits with SOCAN. SOCAN, for those who don't know, is the uh, sort of the equivalent of sound exchange, but on the song side as opposed to the master recording side. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, SoCan only monetizes songs, musical yeah. compositions, not. Right. It's interesting, though, because, you know, I'm a lawyer, so I mean, I think the way you would properly characterize a comedy routine is a literary work. Mm-hmm. It's a literary work. And right now, there is no public performance money for literary works. Because oh. remember, Sound exchange isn't, you're not getting the money for your routine. Writing, yeah. You're getting the money for the master recording being performed. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an area where absolutely, if there was some way of trying to lobby, mm-hmm. it would be amazing. Because yeah. that would open up another revenue stream, especially since there seems to be more comedy, like terrestrial comedy stations opening. Yeah. There's one in Toronto. Was mm-hmm. it Laugh 680 or whatever? Yeah, we there's just saw one, one in Calgary. In Calgary yeah. um, and from what I'm hearing, there's going to be more of them. Okay. Because, you know, right now I think comedians would be open for neighboring rights royalties, which is sort of like sound exchange. I'm not going to get into all the boring, but that's another thing for comedians you might want to look into is registering with ACTRA Mm -hmm. for neighboring rights royalties. um, Because that, I believe, is how you would get paid by terrestrial radio when they play your stuff on their stations. Right. Like neighboring means outside of the country no neighboring rights i gotta be honest it's one of those phrases in law that's confusing even to me i think it really was more a reference to the fact that song public performance royalties came first right like those organizations like in the u.s ascap bmi they've been around forever Mm -hmm. and then they considered the master recording part a derivative of the song okay hence neighboring like neighboring it's the neighbor to the song Okay. Right. So, um, but neighboring rights royalties could be huge. Like for musicians, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yeah. I just hit the button on our record. Oh, was that I was, my voice? That was your. That freaked uh, me out. <laughs> Do I really sound like that? Gross. Yeah. I was just looking to see. Make sure I'll never speak again. Now that I know what I sound like. <laughs> Turns out there was no audio to start the broadcast. That's why I, I got some messages. I wanted to double check that it was okay. on now. Got to figure it out though. Yeah. Thanks, Ivan. Oh, is Ivan watching? Yes. Decky. <coughs> Hi, Ivan. Hi, Ivan. Hi, Ivan. Hi, Kyle. Um, he's not watching. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Any Anything else in closing that we want to talk about uh, to do with, with all this and, and what we hope 
happened or what did happen? Anything we've forgotten? Well, I just hope people don't fall back into the oh good the you know the channel's back now we have nothing to worry about like, <laughs> yeah i th and i don't feel like that's going to happen i think that was such a wake-up call and people were so freaked out mm -hmm. that i'm not sensing that at all in fact i'm almost sensing in the last few days an increase in people emailing me to kind of go hey can yeah. you help us with this can you help us with that including the organization um task right um who you know which was really nice i mean i'm not really i don't really feel like a a central part of the comedy community mm -hmm. and that was really nice they kind of reached out and kind of like look um mm -hmm. we loved what you were saying we really appreciate it and you know let's try and and make this more solid and let's try and really build on this yeah so that's i mean for me that's the lesson here is that we do have to build on this and we do have to figure out mm -hmm. how to make sure this doesn't happen again not just in the sense of that channel but in the sense of being so reliant on that channel right there's got to be other ways of, of bringing in income and getting exposure than just one channel on yeah serious yeah yeah and if there's somebody out there that has a ton of money that wants to start another canadian comedy channel <laughs> i mean oh. why not yeah right? if there's a guy from a band uh, <laughs> uh, uh nickelback or uh, uh nickelback uh, carly yeah. ray jepson band yeah one of these types <laughs> one of the uh, i've got an arena in my basement types out there yes come together let's do something just I'll talk to uncle chad i'll Thank see, what, you. Yeah. see what he's if he's got a spare hundred million lying around, to... he might <laughs> in that hockey rink at his house. Uh, actually, I do have one more question for you too. Uh, yeah. Comedy mix may be going right. Yes. It sounds so like that. that means that there's only one major comedy club in Vancouver now. And word is is that it might be going too. So, whoa, there's all sorts of fun shit coming yeah. down. I know that. Somebody <laughs> said the other day that they saw that um, Yuck Yucks might be uh, losing that location. So. Okay. But they would have presumably opened somewhere else. In theory, uh, but who knows? Uh, yeah, the, but the comedy mix in Vancouver, so it was like a real dog shit couple of weeks I there know. for yeah. Vancouver Comics where we're losing, yeah. many of us are losing our, our club mm -hmm. and uh, this uh, sound exchange thing. So I signed up for Athabasca University. I'm not going to lie to you. I just lay, <laughs> yeah. lay one night in Regina. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. what could I take? I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. going to be, what am I going to be? I started I don't know. sharpening my knives. I think I might be a butcher. I bet yeah. I know what mall you were in in Regina because there really is only one mall. The Cornwall. Yeah. Cornwall That's the Center. One. Beautiful Cornwall were you, Center. Were you in the food court up on the second floor? Then? Oh, gosh. I de <laughs> despise food courts. I was. Uh, Why? I just, it's. Uh, now it's getting interesting. It's, it's that one's so awful, awful place. It isn't horrible. Okay, they also have a freshie, which I have been known to get a juice at. It's just you go into a food court and it's like all these bad versions of international food, and the people sitting in the food court just don't look like people that have ever been on a plane. I just hate the whole thing. You're listening to Mall Talk live from 604 <laughs> Studios. Own podcast. No, that's a funny mall though. I always because I travel, you know, Canada every summer and. Um, I always make a stop. And are we there. still talking, talking about, about the, the mall? We yeah. are. The Cornwall Mall. Yeah. Ah. Good mall. Okay, everybody. Thank you very much for watching and listening, especially Kyle Bottom. Yeah. Yep. Somebody tell that yeah. dunce to tune in. And actually, quick shout out to Kyle Bottom. Quick shout out to Kyle yeah. Bottom. Kyle Bottom, I love you. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. All right. Now these cameras are off. Let's really talk some <laughs> shit about people. Oh. <laughs> I want to make sure they're I off. do want to make sure yeah. they're off because I am about to trash someone. What's going on here? Hold on. Oh, we're still. <laughs> and that's it for the first episode of the Comedy Here Often podcast. Uh, I want to thank Jonathan Simpkin. 
And I want to thank Erica Sigurdsson, who you can see at the Comedy Mix in Vancouver, March 21st to 23rd. And I want to thank Kevin Banner, who you can see at the Comedy Mix, opening for Phil Hanley, March 28th to 30th. We'll see you next week, where our guests are Simon King and Dave Harris. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.